information from one neuron flows to another neuron across a synapse. synapse. Welcome to Synapse, episode number 28. Olaf, how are you this afternoon after a long night of beers and concert and... There were no, no beers, just a bit of concert. Mm -hmm. We didn't stay up late. Holy water, probably. <laughs> We didn't stay up late. Uh -huh. We didn't have headaches in the morning. So. Mm, yeah, I, I bet you didn't. <laughs> And we have two special guests, to, uh, guests today. Yeah. Can you present them, please? I would rather if they presented themselves. Oh, well, that's fine as well. So let's start, yeah, there, uh, in I'm... front of me. Florian <laughs> uh, here. So. From... Black Mass Entertainment or something. So, <laughs> it's Florin Chandor from Black Mass Entertainment, who is one of the bigger promoters of underground music in the biggest uh -huh. one, maybe in Romania or uh -huh. in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> I said one of the bigger. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, and uh, my name is Yop from Ruins of Barrest. And from. <laughs> and from thousands other bands. <laughs> Uh, so thousands of other bands, but uh, what do you play? What instrument do you play? I play keyboards, um, also for In the Woods and Satyricon and Dark Fortress. Nachtmysterium. <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess that's quite it. So we have a high-level superstar also. <laughs> if if yeah. you're in the black metal community, then he's a superstar. Uh -huh. And you're, you told me that you, you've, seen, you've seen him somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. It kind of looks like Chakra from Dimo Porgir. Oh, my God. Uh -huh. you, have you ever been told that? No, this is actually the first it's time. It's the first time. Uh, see? A skinnier version. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like when you become a superstar, like you will be fed well. So. <laughs> Do you have your name tattooed across your belly like Chakra? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, I have, I have Chakra tattooed on my belly. <laughs> <laughs> But you're planning to do that, right? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> okay. So today we are going to have a slightly different uh, show. No we, news. We, no news. But we're going to have a long chat. Or unless you have any news that you would like to share. Not really. Not no. really. Okay. Then we will just focus in talking about, uh, for example, let's start with the Romanian scene, the music scene. How is it going with concerts and with all this? So start, Olaf. I can start. Yeah. Okay. Well... I would like to start with a funny story. Okay. I, I, I always tell that story. <laughs> uh, th this is the way how I met Florin, actually. He, when he was younger, he, he organized some concert in his hometown. Uh -huh. And uh, I think it was the second show my band played ever. And it was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was really 10 years ago. And we arrived at the venue, <clears throat> which was something like Casa de Cultura or a theater. Yeah. In, something like that <laughs> was called metal maniac festival the yeah. first or the second edition first one first one so metal we mania metal was maniac it, it maniac. sounded good uh, 10 uh. years ago the idea <laughs> but only the idea yeah <laughs> well, the, the cool part is that he was promoting romanian bands so i think all the bands that were playing there were all from romania yeah and we arrived at the venue everything and we were starting to to get into music i mean it was our second gig so we were getting pretty pretty big everybody loved us yeah <laughs> ironically, <laughs> ironically speaking, and, and they continued loving you after <laughs> and, that uh, show. I uh, we played the show. There were some types of miscommunications. 
we were sent to a cantina <laughs> to eat, and afterwards we uh, we found out that there was food in the backstage, and it was like, okay, we're gonna deduct that, and we're like, what? We are fucking stars. You're, you're not gonna cut our paycheck, and uh, back and forth. The concert was nice. I mean, the people were having a really good time there. I think there is one video on YouTube. Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> It's mono. Still appearing there. <laughs> uh, with the food? No. no. no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Then it's good. And then the review came. Uh-huh. <laughs> it wasn't done by me. I, I'm not saying it, it's going to be done by... Uh, it was done by you, but I really found it funny. We were declared the most expensive band of the festival. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... That, that, uh, what did you eat? A full cow? Or no, <laughs> because we, we requested a shitload of money to go and play. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we asked for uh, gas money and <laughs> food money. And for an unknown band, it was a lot of money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I, I, I think and basically, they were from the further point of uh, Romania from, in comparison with the others. Because <laughs> they had to travel with... for like 400 kilometers or something wow. like uh-huh. that. So. And we brought our own gear and we were proud of it when... Uh-huh. The guitar player just bought himself an angle cabinet. And uh-huh. I had to carry him because the uh-huh. former guitar player was skinnier and that weighs like 60 <laughs> kilos. Like, and you asked for peanuts also? Or what? No, I think at that time we we found out how arrogant we can be uh-huh. without it, without even doing nothing. So. And they continued doing that. <laughs> and they continued to do that. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. And as you can see, everybody knows my band now. Uh-huh. Because we, don't, okay. we haven't been playing for, I don't know, 10 years now. Good. So it, it it was a nice life lesson. Looking uh-huh. back to it, I can laugh now. Okay, and since 10 years ago, how is now the metal scene in Romania? I think the metal scene in Romania is as fucked up as it was 10 years ago. <laughs> because there was a peak time where everybody started listening to music again. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, as we talk many times, the public is really, really spoiled. From mm-hmm. my point of view, because you have a lot of show, you have a lot of diversity, a lot of music coming your way, and you just stop going to concerts. I mean, we can see the, mm-hmm. the, the numbers dropping and people just focus on one or two bands, which they follow and are, are no longer interested of doing research and finding uh-huh. out what, the band, what new bands are coming out or discovering older bands. What do you and think? From your point of view as organizer, how, how hard... It has become has become easier. Is it harder, or is it just all the same? It depends on the bands uh-huh. with whom you work. I think, but the scene uh, from my point of view, it's still growing. But um, yeah, people are, are spoiled a lot because they can now choose what to see and where to go, and mm-hmm. they start picking quite rare shows and. Uh, find stupid reasons not to go to the concerts. Uh-huh. For, yeah. I think it's mainly being lazy. Yeah, yeah, something like that, probably. <clears throat> Or do you think that maybe uh, needs to be thought a little bit more the way uh, shows are combined, bands are combined, uh, to be able to make it attractive in a way? No, because mm, from what I saw, you can present them any type of genre of metal. Uh-huh. And mostly the same people will be there, uh-huh. even though they're in Cluj or in any other city in Romania. You'll find loads of listeners of 
metal, but they mm-hmm. only know about probably two festivals in Romania happening because yeah. they are big. And I because suppose it's Armenia. And no, 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 no. That that would be the third one. Maybe oh. <coughs> it's, uh, it's a Rockstad uh, Extreme yeah. Fest. Rockstad. I won't call that festival. Okay. And the second one would be Metalhead Meeting, uh-huh. probably. But about the first one, I'm still having thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And what would you call Dark Bombastic Evening? Uh, dark Bombastic Evening, uh, gathering, gathering between... Um, between friends? Or? Uh, between special people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an interesting festival, that one. Probably the most interesting in Romania, but... Uh, due to the price of the ticket not too many people go there mm-hmm. and basically there are unknown bands for most of the Romanians from my point of view or at least due to the organizer there are people that are uh, uh, happy when they see a band being confirmed even though they probably did not listen to it for more than a song But it's a good festival. But I, you can include them with the festival that Olaf said, yeah, and Metalhead meeting. Uh-huh. Lord Voldemort. I, I won't. I, I can talk on yeah. about that festival because I I don't want to. Uh-huh. But uh, I think at Dartmouth evenings. Uh, they try to be something like Roadburn was so many years ago, like a really small venue with the same people where you can meet up also with the, the band members without stressing them out and be like, ah, oh, like five, yeah, and five there thousand are no people screaming. Meet and greet, greet things. Uh-huh. And it's much more free in regards to everything, not the standard uh-huh. festival thing, which is nice. But um, still people are, are not going there that much, that many people are not going there. So, Okay, so we know now that, uh, from your point of view, uh, the public is the problem. I mean, the audience... Uh, not not or... really the public. The <clears throat> thing that there are already way too many concerts, I think, okay. for Romanians, at uh-huh. least for now, because of the, maybe, the salaries, and they can't mm-hmm. afford everything. Maybe this would be a, a real reason, not um, being spoiled, let's say. Hiring the bands or managing the bands in an event into a concert has been easier now or is still as hard as it was 10 years ago mm. you know usually for we example, have to deal with a like, lot of stuff for uh, them this this past weekend it was really easy to uh-huh. handle but there are examples when you find different tour managers or bands mm-hmm. with special needs yeah and then the issue appears but uh it's not that difficult as long as you communicate with them uh-huh. i think what has been the besides olaf because we know that will be the weirdest thing but what, what has been the weirdest thing you have been asked for <laughs> a band <laughs> um or let's say the hardest or uh, a situation uh, that was the, a kinder egg from cradle of field seriously yeah from danny field he so, wanted a kinder egg so uh-huh. that, i find that really that, creepy yeah <laughs> only one for all the band so, uh-huh was uh, maybe they wanted to make uh, some uh, kind of cleaning you and, know, before that and i like the uh vegan bands a lot because uh-huh. i'm not sure if they know why they are vegan or not but they are vegan <laughs> so 
not vegetarian, vegan. <laughs> and how how do you see it from the from the from the musician view, yeah, the, from the yeah. musician's point of view? Um, well, it's actually interesting because I thought that Romania was not really a spoiled country when it comes to seeing shows. Mm-hmm. Um, because like out of like all the European tours that that happen. Um, I think that Romania is always a country that's skipped and like, like you have to go to Romania, like exclusively. It's like now with Ruins of Barris, like, like going to Romania is like, like a exotic thing pretty much. And I, like, I think like, like people in Germany or Holland and France, like they are spoiled because they pretty much can see metal shows every day if they want to. Because all the tours are always going through those countries. Um, so for me, it's kind of strange to hear what you guys are saying. <laughs> if you get my point. like uh, The second thing after spoiling thing, it's the salary issue, I think, and the money for getting to a concert. Because if you uh, ask for maybe 10 euros, which is not expensive in West, uh, over here... Uh, people will say, uh, I can drink Ten beers. A, a, a whole weekend on those money and they will skip the concert a, a whole weekend in a cheap bar. Maybe I've seen some bars in Cluj trying to promote. I think next week we have a concert with a band from Israel and, uh, mm-hmm. blaming Kandinsky, something like meth screamo. And okay. The, the venue meth screamo. Uh, that's another Is that discussion. like Screamo on Crystal Meth? <laughs> yeah, something like that. It sounds like that, exactly. Uh, even more... That's why I dislike so much these labels for... Even more for the Dillinger Escape. Oh, my like. God. And I think the venue is selling the beer at half the price, as they usually do, just to attract more public. Uh-huh. And the mm. entry fee is... Two ten, euros. Two euros, yeah. yeah. And I talked to the organizer, I think yesterday or two days ago... And that person was scared that not even 20 people will show up. <laughs> and it's also... Even with a promotion of the beers or two by one, you know. I, I don't think it matters that promotional thing of the beers because... Uh, they I, will, I also think it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it's the price ticket. Uh, when you you put a free ticket, everyone would, would gather. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Even if you say, we have free beer, it doesn't matter. You have to pay for them ticket and they have a issue i think yeah. with this so actually it's a money issue and not like uh, people being spoiled uh, basically yesterday there were like like i told you four shows in Cluj. so they had quite a wide range from where to pick where to go what to do in bucharest happened the same thing so i so, think 12 years ago for example uh-huh. there were like one concert a week in or Bucharest. Yeah, and or, sometimes one time a month. Yeah, and, and people were gathering like 500, 600 people for almost any type of band. I spoke actually yesterday at a concert with another, actually former concert organizer in Cluj, and uh, she told me that we should also take into account the issue that in those times, Romania wasn't in the European Union. So it was 
really restrictive at the border with passports and everything. To go them, out and assist and, to or, festivals. Or and, bring bands in Romania or to bring, play. Yeah. So it was actually a huge celebration when we had Marduk coming to Cluj and like uh -huh. 600 people to the show. Now, you talk about that probably the money is an issue. Uh, have you ever tried to check or track <clears throat> the average age of the people attending now to concerts compared to 10 years ago? Because uh, if we are talking about, for example, students, well, it's understandable that they cannot afford and pay. But if the average age of a person attending to a concert is in the age that they already have a job and they can have a salary, then it's just mentality problem, probably. You can define the uh, this average age because I had dust bowls from Germany, the trash guys uh, with people under 17, 16 years. Mm -hmm or something and then there was the last week's show where probably most of them were above 25 maybe 24 yeah actually or yes i would say it was something like it that. depends a lot on the bands because uh -huh. if you bring trash metal in Cluj, uh loads of young people that you don't see often usually <laughs> to concerts or you don't see ever to concerts or anywhere else appear from mm -hmm. nowhere but they don't listen anything or they don't try to discover anything because they know they are treasures at the uh -huh. age of 16 and probably in one year they would disappear <coughs> for good yeah. but yeah or in so, two or three years discovered bands yeah. like ruins of battle yeah. and were like what the fuck was i when uh, they played uh, in close uh, that 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 thing happened with magua uh uh last last year uh Both of the shows were sold out, but uh, people started discovering uh, the guys after the shows. And they were like, and they are like, uh, why they don't come to Romania? <laughs> they were a week ago, idiot. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. And yeah, no, people don't try to discover new things. And when yeah. they discover it's quite late. It's actually something that uh, we were talking yesterday because we also have, after we finished talking here, an interview with uh, Edmund from uh, Dor de Duch. And we were talking something about that. And I was also telling them that uh, uh, nowadays people don't even pay attention to lyrics or really to the music. I We had a show in Dark Mind Radio uh, called Metamorphosis where we were reading the lyrics like if we were reading a poem. Without music, without anything. <coughs> and we were telling people to identify what song it was. And whoever was able to get the five songs of the show correctly, we were given a free t-shirt. Well, after like uh, six months of the show, no we gave only two t-shirts <laughs> of every week having a show like that. Yeah, well, I think It's that's unbelievable. I think that problem starts with people not really buying CDs anymore. Mm, that's actually, yeah, it's a... Because oh, like, it, yeah. if you buy a CD, then you check out the album artwork and you go through... Start to read the lyrics and pay attention to that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like people just listening to music digitally is probably not really um, like forcing them to listen to or like read the lyrics. Mm -hmm. That's why I actually got back into vinyl. Actually, not got back, started collecting vinyl. Yeah. Because that type of music format forces you to be attentive when it comes to the music. Because you have, you have to be physically involved in the process of listening to that music. Because yeah. you have to get up and flip 
the vinyl and mm-hmm. the artwork is I mean, I 20 think times it's, bigger. It's quite fascinating how vinyls got back into... Uh, uh, like it became very... Trendy. Trend, trendy, trendy, yeah. yeah. And like even cassettes, like bands selling cassettes. Like Batushka releasing 2016 <laughs> cassettes. Yeah, well, let's not talk about Thank that. Thank you, Florin. <laughs> I gave him two cassettes with them. So I have three now. Oh, three. <laughs> but do you have where to play them? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Hmm. And it sounds amazing. If you have the proper equipment with the newest technology mm-hmm. uh, of mastering or remastering uh, the digital format into cassette or vinyl, you can get really good quality. But if you're greedy, like a lot of big labels are, and you really press out vinyl just because you know it's a trend now, you get shitty quality. And I have some records which are limited edition, 100 pieces pressed, blah, blah. You put them on, it sounds like shit because they did it just for the money. Mm -hmm. And that's sad. That's why I respect the small labels which charge you a lot for the product. But you know it's really good at the end. Mm -hmm. And... uh Talking a little more about the Romanian zine, uh, is there like a genre that is like flourishing more than other, like a, like a trendy genre? Like you were saying, there's a trend always, like start to rise bands from certain genre, or or is it still like is diverse? I, I would say that it's trash in some part, in Cluj at least. Doom uh-huh. in Bucharest and inclusion and everywhere in Romania and Black only inclusion and Bucharest. Mm-hmm. These three types are mainly mm-hmm. um, of interest from what I saw at least in the mm-hmm. past shows. If you bring, bring something more extreme, people will skip the, the uh-huh. thing after last week experience. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about the Benighted show. Yeah. yeah. But uh, let's say that Benighted played five months ago. So it was a yeah. return. But anyway, it was a really awkward crowd, both in mm-hmm. Christian and in Cluj. But uh, I would say Black, Doom, and Trash mm-hmm. would be the most of interest. And for you as organizer, how hard is it to be traveling all around Romania? Because you have to be there. And you have to check a lot of things, uh, venue and things. How hard is for you, for yourself and in your life? Cluj is nice, so it's not hard. Uh-huh, and I'm but, living in Bucharest, so it's, uh-huh. I need to go back there. So <laughs> staying in Cluj for a few days is always nice. So I don't have a big issue in traveling, uh-huh. especially if I travel with uh, people from bands that are really okay in regards to their attitude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mostly that happened all the time. Okay. So I can't complain. I don't want to complain because I don't have reasons. Even though I'm tired after a weekend of doing things like this. But um, at the end of the day, it pays off and not in regards to money. Mm-hmm. It pays off yeah, as of course. things. Mm-hmm. As experience, let's say. Yeah. And as a musician, uh, in concerts you have made, What has been the worst situation you have been? Um, that's a good question. I mean, there has been many bad things. 
Um, I was just telling uh, Florin about the time when we were invited to play in Cairo in Egypt with Dark Fortress. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's quite difficult to play black metal in, in a country like Egypt. I um, bet. <laughs> so we were considered to be a satanic black metal band, which were absolutely not really. Um, so it started with the guy who was supposed to deliver the PA system. He got kidnapped. Wow. On the day of the show. <laughs> okay. And like, we ended up not playing the show on that day, but the organizer, um, rebooked us for the day after. And we played in the rehearsal room, which like, uh, had a capacity for maybe 25 people. Um, well, actually like the pre-sales for the show were like 700. Um, so it could have been a good concert, but. Wow. Kidnapped. And do you have any news after what happened to the guy? I don't know. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what has been the, we hope he's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best experience, the one that you will always remember that was very good. Uh, that's uh, when I played with Satyricon in Warsaw. Uh-huh. That was like when the intro started, like I could feel the, uh, like the floor was like trembling uh-huh. because people were so crazy. And yeah, that's, I mean, I don't have to think about that. That was like the best experience by far. And as a musician, is there any specific country that you would like to go and play? Mm, I mean, I would like to go to Mexico or <laughs> God damn it. How, how did you pull out Mexico? Because this guy is from Mexico. Well, I'm Mexican. So <laughs> yeah. Well, did you talk? Last I, I can. <laughs> no. Well, we can put them in contact with some managers there. Yeah, I mean, we're actually working on doing some shows in Mexico with dark fortress. Uh-huh. If you have problem with the bass player, you can always talk to Robert Trillo's son. He will come and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but how much he will ask for that? <laughs> Too much, probably. Yeah. No, oh, interesting. Mexico, yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, it's such a different culture. And like the way that they respond to music is... It's exactly what I was talking yesterday with exactly. Olaf after the concert. Because uh, for me, since I arrived in Romania in 2004... And I started to go to concerts. It was a total different way of seeing a concert. Uh, I remember at the beginning, the first concerts I went, there was police there in the front. And I started to jump and get crazy. And they were starting to attack me, everybody. And I was like, whoa, that was very intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played with Satyricon on 70,000 tons of metal. Nice. Um, yeah. And there were like a lot of people from Mexico that were at that concert. And actually after that, I... I thought that it would be great to actually play in Mexico. Yeah, it, the concerts are totally different. But I was telling him that I also had an experience playing in, uh, well, being in a concert in Brazil. And that was even crazier. It was crazier there, total anarchy chaos there in the yeah. stadium. But uh, definitely Latin America is a very, very good place for, for concerts, yeah. especially for bands. People respond so much. Uh, in all ways, you know, you practically just move a hand, tell them to clap, tell them to jump, and everybody's at the same time, you know, responding. Yeah. It's really, really good. Uh, I mean, just see the classic Iron Maiden videos from 
from Brazil. South America, and mm-hmm. they sing the riffs along. I find that totally amazing how involved the people actually are with the music. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much the band doesn't even have to play. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they just have to stand there. <laughs> and how hard is it for you as a musician to juggle so many projects? Uh, well, it depends on the agenda. <laughs> I mean, surprisingly, it works quite well. Um, like, it just depends, like, which band is playing at what time uh-huh. and how much time do I have. But, I mean, I'm pretty much only doing this, so uh-huh. it's just a matter of planning it well. Is it there right now a band that you are focusing more or is demanding you more to be present? I mean, right now it's Ruins of Barrest who's playing a lot. Uh-huh. And, I mean, that's really nice. Uh, we're all great friends and it's always nice to be on a trip together. And I mean, it seems that a lot of promoters are willing to get Ruins of Barrest to, uh-huh. to their venue or festival. So that's really great. And uh, besides them, what's the second one, or what's the, or what has been the dearest to you? The dearest, yeah. I mean, that's Satyricon by Satyricon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> no surprise because they're yeah. titans, and it's it's also weird because most of the bands you play in, it's more or less black metal. Yeah, but mm-hmm. all the bands have a different sound. Yeah, and that's n- what I like. I mean. I remember someone asking me, like, why do you play in so many bands? Because, like, how can you put your heart into playing that music? Um, But, like, for me, it's like all the bands that I play with are all very different. And, I mean, I love those bands myself. Like, even before I started playing with those bands, I was, like, a fan or whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it. So, for me, it's, like, very easy to put my own soul or whatever into into the music um yeah so <laughs> i think for me not Museum is one of the weirdest bands i've ever heard in my life and how do you see the the american black metal uh is that the thing I mean, <laughs> the the culture is totally different in america. i know that's why i'm asking you know yeah. if you can actually define it like that I mean, I don't know much about American black metal because I'm not American myself. And so, I mean, I think it's always a bit weird to put a country Mm -hmm. to the label or genre of the band because I don't think like American black metal does mean anything and neither does Norwegian black metal or Mm -hmm. whatever. True Norwegian black metal. Yeah, (laughs) that's something. And there we go with the labels. (laughs) But, um, Satan, (laughs) (laughs) but I think Nachtmissim is one of the bands that actually made it like all over the globe. And like, I don't think like, I mean, I don't even know a lot of American black metal bands because I think American bands are mostly metalcore Mm -hmm. or death metal. I mean, obviously they have a big death metal scene. So, I don't know. I mean, Nachtmissim is maybe one of the few exceptions. Yeah, that, that's why what I found, uh, what was weird to me when I listened the first time to Nachtmissim, I was like, where the fuck are these guys from? Like, get the fuck out, America. No fucking way. 
But then again, like how much black metal is it? Like, you know, it's just a matter of. I mean, if you listen to Addicts Volume Two, the album from Nachtmichtium, it's it's so groovy. It's not even black metal from no. my point of view. It's no, amazing. It's a, but I mean, it's like Pink Floyd with some um, black metal influence. <laughs> any any concert in the near future for you? Yeah, plenty. Yeah, but when? Where? Next week we're playing on Acherontic Arts Festival, which is organized by the record label of Ruins of Barrist uh -huh. in Germany. So nice. Uh, if you want to say the city or it's in, it's in Oberhausen. Okay, there yeah. you go. So because we also have some Germans uh, listeners, so if maybe they hear now, they will be able to attend. You know? Yeah, they should. Yeah. I mean, it's a really nice festival. Like, um, there's only bands playing that are on Van Records. Uh -huh. um, and it's actually the third time that we're playing there with Ruins of Barris. We have been playing there every year since it started. So, Very good. Anything else, Olaf? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty curious on how is it to work with uh, the mastermind behind the Ruins of Barris. Because every, everywhere you look, he's always credited as the sole member of Ruins of Pavarest. Mm -hmm. uh, do you get freedom in the way you compose the music or does he come... No, he composes the music. Everything. Yeah. I mean, he writes everything. We're playing like as a live band. Um, but when it comes to composing and recording, he does pretty much everything himself. Mm -hmm. So... No freedom. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about uh, the fact that they didn't manage to bring any merchandise to the concert because of the logistics and everything, because it's hard to, to travel with, uh, with luggage, with plane, and also carry uh -huh. a lot of merchandise. But what I forgot to tell you, for instance, if you, there is a, a secret group on Facebook, which is called Extreme uh, Metal Vinyl, Their secret group. Yeah, yeah. You okay. have to know somebody who knows somebody to get in there. Okay. So and? I kissed a lot of ass to get in there. <laughs> and you, you find like ruins of Beverest vinyl signed, I don't know, first press, like 400 euros sold. And wow. Like, But they don't get any no, <laughs> royalties that, out of I'm, that. Who gets the money for that? <laughs> yeah. That's the sad part that I, I hate about music collectors. Mm -hmm. It's like the black market. Yeah, I mean, I know you appreciate the band. Okay, you go, you buy that vinyl. You don't need seven pieces of that vinyl because let somebody else enjoy that mm -hmm. just to speculate and sell it for a high fucking price that not even the band can profit from that because the band was like, yeah, okay, you sold it for 800 fucking thousand euros and no cent came into my pocket. Mm -hmm. Thanks for everything, John. <laughs> <laughs> and let's move on to the concert of last uh, night. Should be, who should, who should wants to be start polite? making a review? Uh, for, you were saying that you wanted to make the review? Yeah, of the concert. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> how, did you, how did you see the public? I mean, it was really weird, actually, because everyone was standing like... Like statues? No, like they were like three, four meters away from the stage. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It's like as if they were scared of us. Or they are looking into the future when that's you actually, have to have a fence, you know, between the stage and, you know. That's actually the general trend in concerts in Cluj. Most of the time people are 
two meters yeah. away from the stage. Away from the stage, and most of them sit with their hands crossed. And judging? <laughs> not, not necessarily judging. There are those assholes who judge, like, oh, he missed a fucking riff there. And uh, But uh, sometimes I don't take it as personal if I were a musician because some of these bands, a lot of fans were there, and it, for them it was their first contact live with that band. So maybe they were really trying to, to get everything in. Okay. That would be why I don't headbang or prance like a pony at pogos and stuff like that. <laughs> well, first band, it was almost no public yet, but what do you think of the first band? <laughs> I'm, it's not my cup of tea. I, I found it really repetitive and I mean, this is just us. I know. The guys, I know, the guys I know. won't give their, their opinions. Um, I almost fall asleep in there. Oh, <laughs> they're good musicians, but they also lack the, the power on stage. Uh, I think the singer, the frontman, should get more into it. He was looking so a little bit like awkward, inward. Like, I don't know. And every song started the same. They're like three, four riffs and then... Uh-huh. It was exactly like, I think, uh, warmed played before benighted uh-huh. every song had a fucking intro like turn it <laughs> to the back the back to, to the stage like, like yeah. well i don't know if you noticed but uh, again because i think is the thing that because a singer is always the frontman of a band gives the most face to them uh whenever he was uh, telling the next song he was not even watching the front and his shoulder were coming to the front like i mean for, like for- being scared of uh for the genre they're playing, I don't think there are so many bands in Romania which play that uh-huh. kind of music. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see that people are trying to to play uh-huh. something other than fucking metalcore, which is every metal band right now in Romania, <laughs> and I fucking hate that. I mean, they were better than the band that opened on, in Bucharest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With, uh, what was the name of the band? Downfall. I've never heard I will that. never forget or am I not allowed to say this? It's a free country. Exactly, it's freedom. I mean, of, it's freedom of expression. Yeah. I mean, you can say, and it's your opinion. It's your exactly. personal opinion. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that actually like the band. You know, I had several friends who came up to me. I was like, "Yeah, I like this band." I was like, "Yeah, okay, good for you." Well, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, everyone is entitled to like whatever they want, but of course. you know, it's our opinions of it. And certainly, the first band didn't. I didn't like it too much. I mean, for me, it was too mellow, too old school. It it reminded me of God Gori or some shit like that, like really old bands who are not around anymore. It's nice that they try with the genre, but I wish them luck because it's really hard to penetrate the market with that type of music. Well, they have room for improvement, right? When you find something always going wrong, there's always room for improvement. Do you know for how many years they've been playing now? No, because honestly, no. Know. I'm guessing some years. They look young, actually. So they, they have some years. Of yeah, because I think they have, they have one or two albums already released. Really? Yeah. Independently, to. but uh-huh. they are released. I have to get one of those to see also how it's produced. Maybe they will change my different. mind. On, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, even if it's well produced, when you go and see a concert, you're expecting the band also to transmit something to the public, and. 
maybe it was because it was kind of depressing the the type of music and everything they were they were trying to yeah uh, look like that yeah and to 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 give this feeling to the public but it depressed me so much <laughs> you wanted to cry there <laughs> i just drank and then the, the bastards from ruins of beverest came uh-huh. or you were trying to cut your veins with uh, uh, Animal cookies with milk. Oh, It's going to be harder and suffering there. <laughs> Then these guys came on, actually, the show I wanted to see, because uh-huh. it's this is the, the, the things that people do not appreciate when a small, um, not when, when, a, when a, actually a person, a small person, from, through its own power, tries to bring bands. Uh-huh. And you manage to bring... Bands which are actually really good, nobody knows about them on the mainstream, but people who should know that bands know them, right? Uh-huh. And this is what people do not appreciate, and this is what pisses me off the most at concerts and why people are not coming, because they do not appreciate the work that some of these mm-hmm. people do. The show itself was amazing because you had the musician who played in Nagelfar, which is a legendary band in the black metal community, and then... You see all the uh, all the uh, musical archetypes that you have on the different albums mm-hmm. of Ruins of Beverest because I find them all different and no one resembles another on on a musical scale. And for me, it was actually more like a theater piece than everything else. The the show from from the guys from Ruins of Beverest, and I'm not saying that because he's here. Because <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, but it was a total change from the first band and really brought more energy to the place. To A little bit too much yeah. smoke, but it was okay. There's well, never too much smoke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> did you like the band? Yeah, I did. I don't, did. Lie, don't lie in front of it. No, I'm not. This for real. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the Duke came. Actually, yes. The, the Headliner who, in yeah. Cluj. Yeah. Because um, I heard w- was there weren't the- headliners. Ah, no, they weren't the headliners. Okay, no, they just played after Ruins of Everest. So you don't go so they, with the concept. Oh, this is the headliner. No, this they, is- at least for this show, it there weren't any headliners because you had that in Bucharest yeah. as well. It, it, was, it was switched. Switched. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, okay. Why did you decide to do that? Why not? <laughs> True. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. No, they did. I think a good concert. Yeah. The, the thing that. Also pissed me off <laughs> when we did the interview with Edmund. Uh-huh. He told us that he, he sh- actually described really perfect the the level of ignorance of of the Romanian public when it comes to music, because he told he told us that he was on stage and it was like, "We hope you're not here just for us." And a lot of people <laughs> were like, "Fuck yeah!" And <laughs> after that, the Duch uh, finished their uh, act and the Ruins of Beverest started playing. A lot of people left because this they, is in Bucharest. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't mm. even know the Who, band. The other band, yeah, yeah. I mean, do your research before you go to a concert. I mean, maybe you would It's be surprised. It's much more easier to go to a concert. You know that you're going for that band, and that's it. For some people, at least, I think it's a waste of a ticket. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, if money is the problem, then at least you should know what you're paying for. Right? Exactly. exactly, and you should go and at least listen to everything, right? Yeah. Maybe you will discover something that you like. Yeah, exactly. You get uh, sometimes very good surprises. So like, it's like this gamble, I think, is the 
interesting part. Sometimes you may find bands that you don't know that maybe you just hate after listening mm-hmm. them to them, but maybe you discover that you love them. Exactly. And becomes a band that you start to follow and like. I, I had the same feeling when uh, there was, the, I think, the Imla concert in Cluj, and there was Entropia and Maze playing. Mm-hmm. And those, I mean, th- those guys were really young and looking like all the metal core guys on the planet with. Worse than that. Oh, and I was like, what the fuck is up with these guys? I didn't do my homework and they started uh-huh. playing and I was like, what the fuck is this? I went and I bought all the CDs, all the vinyls. I bought the vinyl uh, with Nagelfahrt actually with uh, the Harvest album and I went back to the guy I was like, take this and give me give me uh, Entropy uh, the album on vinyl because those kids fucking kicked ass and you need to stay and be involved. Don't, don't just go there for the main act. Go and respect mm-hmm. also the bands who are not so appreciated by the public because you're an opening act. Nobody gives a fuck about you. So you go sometimes play for two, three people. I know cases where the opening act didn't play, didn't have any audience, but they still played and did a fucking good job. So you need uh-huh. to respect that. Funny uh, uh, situation at the end of the concert when everybody started to ask for another song. But the drummer was already screwing oh, everything out. I left <laughs> my ass off. Yes. I left my ass off. So everybody was chanting, and we we're like, "Yeah, play yeah, some." And more. there were no cymbals left on the drums. <laughs> Nothing. Like, even if he wanted to, he cannot do it. Yeah, that was a bit of a problem because the, after the concert there was a party or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And they weren't supposed to play any other song. Ah, okay. Anyways, so they had a clearly defined set. Ah, okay. List, so. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, yeah, because I think they had to return immediately, I think, or something like that. I, I think that they are not into the... Oh. Uh, play some more songs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. At least or they do. The Dreams of Beverest played one more song in Bucharest because people asked. Mm-hmm. Asked for... Because, yeah. Yeah. But okay. But the, the already stated that we will play that long. These songs. And, and that it. will be it. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. So, let's listen to the interview. Okay. And then we'll return to say goodbye. Sure. Sign up. Sign up. We have the pleasure of talking to Edmund from Dordeduch. First off, thank you for, for allowing us to, to have this interview with you. Uh, let's start with a question regarding an old topic. How did Vikan Rede start and how did uh, Vikan Rede afterwards transpone itself into Negura Bunjet? Well, it was 94. And uh, we uh, and actually Vikan uh, Rede was a uh, was a side project of uh, our band, which was called uh, back in the days uh, Macrotomia. And uh, in '96 we uh, changed uh, the name to Negura Bunjet. The in uh, under Vikan Rede, there's actually one official EP demo or whatever you want to call it. And there are also some unofficial uh, rehearsal recording, really, really poor quality. Yeah. Black metal stuff. Yeah, yeah, really raw black metal shit. Yeah. But uh, it was uh, with with Macrotomia, we we were playing a kind of I don't know. In that period, it was more like that doom death metal, something like that. After that, we went more into progressive and stuff like that. And we had this uh, desire to explore also this uh, black metal field, which actually back in those days in '94 in Romania, uh, 
people were not really knowing about black metal. I also think in Europe it was still something really, really at the underground level. And uh, it was it was something new. It was something that had, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, ideology behind, which was suiting me very, very well because uh, it's really a lot about transcendence and uh, actually a lot of esoterical issues which later on we actually developed in our music. I, even nowadays with Dor de Duc, I still think that we, we have this black metal roots. Even our music is not really related anymore to, to black metal. For the people who are not that familiar with Dor de Duc, tell us a bit how the whole concept started and uh, how the band was formed. What was the idea when you, when you thought of Dor de Duc? Well, uh, it started in 2009 when we actually wanted to disband Negure Bunjet, but uh, the drummer uh, wanted to continue, like, I don't know, his own project or whatever. It was a bit of animosity between us because we were not really agreeing, especially because he remained alone and uh, the two official. Uh, the other two official members actually we created uh, Dor de Duc and this is how it was formed actually Dor de Duc is more or less uh, natural continuity with what we did in, uh, with uh, with Negula Bunjet that was actually my next question uh, will, were you trying to revisit all types of music that you thought you weren't able to play anymore through Negula Bunjet uh, not really it was more uh, Let's say um, we we somehow prolonged not as, uh, prolonged things not as a, let's say a musical genre or a musical themes or soundscape. It was more like an ideological thing because actually, at least in my eyes, I mean, of course, people cannot can can see. Um, some relation between what we do now with Dor de Duh and what we did in uh, in Negro Bunjet, but it's it's normal, I guess. I mean, it's still me composing, so I have uh, certain tendencies and stuff like that. So, but uh, I also think that, at least from my perspective, uh, what we do now with with Dor de Duh is much more actual to what we feel and the way we believe uh, our music should sound like. You have a lot of traditional Romanian instruments in your music, and some of them are closely uh, viewed as church instruments, for example, toaca. Yeah. Uh, how did this idea for the, for the traditional instruments come about in the, in the mixture with uh, black metal? Well, the thing is that, um, first of all, what I would like to say is that uh, we... We are not really using uh, these uh, traditional instruments in a folkloric context. It's more like something that is an experimental uh, approach. And because we, for example, we don't have this kind of medieval scales that we play like, no, 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 you know, we don't have this uh, pretty sounding music. And uh, it's, it's a completely different approach. It's, it's more to create a... Uh, atmosphere and an environment which uh, transmits our uh, music. And with this, with uh, for example, like you mentioned, uh, this talker instrument, which is not actually an instrument, it is uh, 
it's actually uh, if you do a bit of research you will see that uh, it is a thing that was used more or less in ceremonial things and also to, co to co communicate things for example there were different uh, let's say codes that people were transmitting for example from one hill to other hill and uh, it was definitely something that was pre-Christian. It's the same with Tulnik. Tulnik, uh, it was used m mostly to communicate uh, messages from uh, different uh, communities from, uh, for long distances. And also it has had more or less, actually less in our, our uh, traditional community, uh, ritualic use. For example, in other cultures uh, like didgeridoo, it's, it's, you see that it's more into esoteric than it is in our culture. Fans, I've been asking for a new album. Five years almost since Dadeduch. Any plans for a new album? Actually, now uh, I uh, managed to earn a bit of money in order to buy myself some time in studio to to uh, be able to compose something. Some people may not know, I uh, just became father and uh, uh, I have two kids and uh, the third one is on the way. And uh, the thing is that I cannot really dedicate anymore the time that I used to dedicate. And I also had a one year break, complete break from, from the musical scene. And of course this... Uh, costs a lot. For example, before breaking, we had a pretty good, I don't know, touch, especially in the live, live performances. We played Hellfest, we played Wacken, we played big festivals and stuff. And um, of course, when, when you're missing from the stage for, for a while, and especially in our case, years, then things, I don't know, get a bit down and you need to start it again and recover. All, all uh, the audience, but now we we have uh, I actually we we have uh, made a, a new song and uh, the second one is on the way and prob most probably we will be able to play at least two new songs on uh, Dark Bombastic Evening at the festival. So that's pretty much the plan. And now that you mentioned that you know it's hard to get some money to get into the studio. Uh, and the latest fashion is to create uh, online uh, crowdfunding campaigns. Have you ever considered that you could do a crowdfunding campaign and let the fans that are waiting so much for an album to actually help and uh, give the sources the money for creating this uh, new album? Well, the, the thing is that uh, I'm, I'm born in communist era and uh, I started to build guitars and pickups for guitars and effects so I'm more like a do-it-yourself guy and uh, of course I, I, the truth is actually that I, I think I need to learn to ask for help because I think uh, I'm I, oh, really it's, it's really an issue I mean uh, I'm more more often in the position to offer things than to receive things and uh, I realized uh, lately that uh, it, it is actually an issue for me and I'm not used to ask for help and stuff like that. We were considering this thing, but um, if you put down on the paper all the calculation and everything, it's not really that, that much 
of a help that people would consider it. Because, for example, when you do these different packages that you offer for, yes. for people, then you already include also the, the shipping cost. And the shipping cost is most of the time like double the price of uh, another uh, the same price as, as the the for example a CD is usually 10 euro let's say more or less and the shipping is pretty much that so it is somehow I mean you get a boost of money that you can use but uh, it's also not the greatest deal possible I, I mean it could help but not that much I mean it's much better to be able to found things by yourself and and do it on your own. Mm -hmm. At least this is my opinion and this is my approach to things. Uh, can we say that one of the other reasons that a new Dode Duch album is five years right now in the making is because of your other projects like Transchatla or Sunset in the 12th House? Not really. Actually, uh, most of the songs uh, from, from uh, Sunset in the 12th House were composed before the last album. Actually, Sunset in the 12th House was, was born as a side project between friends which contributed to Dor de Duch and we started to, uh, I always wanted to have a more rock-based band and not that metal and uh, actually I planned this I think from, from 2001 so I just found the right people to do it and we did it and uh, it, it was not really something that was consuming my time. It's also a completely different uh, way to write music. Um, for Dor de Duch, I have first the concept and then uh, I lay down the music according to that concept. Uh, with Sunset and also Transatla, with Transatla it was actually even more simple. We had a reunion show with Makrotomia, the the first b serious band that I actually mentioned before that I had and uh, we had uh, I don't know our first vocalist who came from Canada to just play this show and it was amazing and my brother who's not playing for I think about 8 years bass and the other guitar player Lulu who he was not playing for 15 years guitar he, he said okay I would like to do this again and then I told the guys, okay, we do this project, but I'm, I'm not really having time to... I, I, I compose, but I, I cannot take care of the band. I ended up taking care of the band, like most of the time it, it happens, but uh, it, it was more something uh, that was happening in a rehearsal room, not that planned, so it was something more spontaneous, and actually it was not that time-consuming as it is for me, Dordedu. And now you were mentioning that uh, first uh, you like to lay out the concept of the album and then work on the music. What is the, be the uh, biggest influence for you for laying out a concept for an album, either Dor de Duch or any other project that you would have? What, what motivates you? What makes you get that concept? Well, first of all, I, I have this approach only for Dor de Duch, and it was pretty much the same uh, with Negura Bunjet. Uh, the thing is that I, I, I received this, this question many, many times and honestly I don't really know how to answer to this thing because I, I don't really have a specific uh, influence. I, I think the only influence, or I don't know if I can call it like that, 
is my inner drive. I really feel that I need to do music, and I actually, especially uh, with Negro Bunjet and Dordedu, it's not something that I do it for myself. Sunset and Transatla, it is for myself. It's my personal expression through the music. But with Dordedu, it's more something that uh, I think is it's more impersonal. I, I have. And this is also an approach that is related to black metal. Black metal should be always impersonal. Nobody cares in black metal what are your feelings. You just you're a tool to let things flow through you. And this is uh, most of the time how we do it. And we settle down a concept, a story for the album. Most of the time it is related with numerology and uh, esoteric issues. So which is also a very, very impersonal approach. And uh, we just more or less let things flow through, through us and, I don't know, put it down in music. That's it. And uh, just as another uh, separate question, do you, have, uh, do you like to read? Is there something that can help or influences you or you prefer to read? Or do you have any kind of book or genre of, uh, to read, something... Well, I, to be honest, I'm not really... Uh, I mean, I like to read, but I, I'm that kind of guy who doesn't read for pleasure. I read for information. So this is me, and I know yeah, some people can criticize this. I, I'm not really a big fan of, of reading, but I, I love information. But honestly, I discovered that uh, in, in my process of, of writing music, Meditation helps me. Uh, that's, that's something that is more close to what I do, especially with, with uh, Dor de Du. And I feel all the time... We, we, we used to have this... Uh, we call it uh, retreat campaigns, if I would translate it uh, from, from Romania. And we just... For example, Om, I, I went... I, I um, rented a, a house in a village... And I stood there till I was writing all the material, and all I did it was music and meditation. So that was all. And actually, it helps a lot because I feel when I meditate, it, somehow the energies are, I don't know, gathering or condensing to to towards myself. And I'm I'm able. I have this this inner drive and creativity. It, it's simply flowing out and. This is a, a way that it works for me. I, uh, I would not recommend this to other people, but it, it's for me. I mean, it, it works. Lately, we have seen a sort of revival of the black metal scene. A lot, a lot of new black metal bands are coming on the market, yet the public is uh, smaller and smaller at concerts. How do you... How do you see this contrast? Are the, is the public spoiled nowadays? They have access to too much music at once. It is like that, but honestly I was not uh, really seeing this. And I, I, I think I can travel a lot. I think, or, or maybe my idea about black metal is a bit more narrow. I, I don't really consider all the band that consider themselves black metal. So for me it's not... Because what you see now is not really... Or at least in, from my point of view, black metal doesn't have the purity that it used to have. And I'm, I'm, I'm a purist in, in this regard, and probably I will die like this, because uh, for me it's really important to, 
black metal is really a lot about uh, concepts and principle behind the music. And most of these people have nothing in common with, with uh, this way of living. So maybe in this regard, I, I, honestly, I, I could not name now a band that somehow was still probably mystical. I don't know if you saw, guys, the shows that they put up. It's, it's really, really incredible. I don't recommend that to people who have epilepsy because you will be completely dead over there, but it's, it's really nice what, what they do. But to, to get back to your question, it's, uh, the market definitely uh, offers too much music. And the diversity of the music is... I, I think I uh, somehow get back to, to my idea. I think uh, the essence was somehow spread too much, you know. And they are not really... You, you cannot really find bands that are having, I don't know, really strong beliefs in something and to follow those beliefs. I mean, music is is more and more something that becomes more superficial. I listened to this today, it was kind of good, tomorrow I already forgot about that band. So I think this, this superficiality, it is somehow a, a fact that comes from from the 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 thing that I mean the the market is is flooded with 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 music and it's I think even like this uh, it is somehow a thing that the good bands will will survive and the good bands will divide themselves for the for the rest. And even uh, this, this uh, is this abundance of of, of, of music. I think uh, the bands, for example, I think nowadays live performance is really important. And for example, there are a lot of bands that they do a really good uh, record in the studio. But when you see them live, besides the the, they may be good musicians and they may perform really well. The sound could be very well, but you see that they are not genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I, I see this more and more. People are looking for, for genuine acts, to people that believe. It's because actually this is what inspires people. And I think music should inspire people. That's the first thing that music should do. All right. Thank you very much for everything. Absolutely. Have a great show. Thank you very much. Sign up. Sign up. Okay, so that was the interview uh, with Edmund from Door de Duc. That was fast. That was fast, yeah. No, that was a good interview, Very right? Very inspiring. <laughs> well, actually, it was. Didn't you hear it? <laughs> no, I didn't. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> so, I hope you liked the episode today. Anything else, Olaf, to say? Uh, yes. When, uh, how hard is it to get Nachtmiss to your <laughs> we have the guy here. We should so we, answer. Both of you. I mean, I already, I'm already here, but yeah, the rest exactly. of the band is missing. Yeah. Uh, I think Blake is in the US right now, so he still needs to find the tickets to Romania. <laughs> the they got lost? <laughs> the cheap wizard tickets to Romania. I'm not sure. It depends on them, probably. You can and go. I, I think it won't be that difficult. Probably. 
No, I mean, if we can manage. If the stars align. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It would be great to do it. So. Yeah. so, anything else to add? Mm. A final thing? Come to the concerts next week. Nargarot. Absum. And hate. Don't see Nargarot. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget about Rites of the Black Mass, which is happening in October in Bucharest. And you know the lineup there. Jesus loads Christ. of bands are playing there. Well, but we're going to put links to all those things in the show yeah. notes. So please check down the show notes. You will have links to all the next events and personal websites and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, exactly. Anything else? Don't see Narbrath. <laughs> Besides that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have nothing to say. Thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate you for coming to the show. Uh, And we will hope to see you soon again. And Thank you know that you can come whenever you want. Announce new concerts, new bands. Just let us know. Thanks for having us. It's no problem, man. And thank you for listening. Olaf, see you next week then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My name is Rafael Ruiz and we talk to you next week. All names, sounds, logos and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Dark Mind Radio 2017.